my uh, hopefully I'm not wrong about this, but my favorite Norwegian movie is Trolls. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> how do, how do you, what is it called in Norwegian? Uh, troll. Troll? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, duh, because I hear them yell it all the time. Troll! <laughs> Have you seen that? No. I think it's on Netflix. It's really good. It's cool. really funny. Yeah, the, there's the gangster TV show as well. Um, Lilyhammer. You should check that yes, out. Yes, Lilyhammer. It's pretty good too. I've seen that. Ah, cool. Yeah, that one's really funny as well. <laughs> Welcome to the Web of Tomorrow. We're your hosts, Riley Carrasquillo, Adam Harris, and today we have with us a special guest, Ole Andre. <laughs> Maybe we can let him say his own name. Yeah, let's let let's let let's let uh, Ole in, uh, introduce himself. Um. Yeah, Ole Andre Vadler Ravnos. That's how I say my name. It's really complicated, so just call me Ole Andre or Ole. Uh, Ule. Whatever works. Ule Andre. Okay. Okay, and so you're the creator, correct, of this tool called Frida? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, just real quickly, let's talk about what it is. What is Frida? So the, the elevator pitch is basically that it allows you to put a JavaScript interpreter inside of another running program uh, without that program having any idea that it's happening uh, and being designed for it. So you can have an existing program and you can put Frida in there and at runtime and uh, you are able to run your own scripts there. And your scripts have full access to memory. So you can read, write memory, you can hook functions, meaning you get callbacks when they're called, so meaning you can put yourself be between uh, the application and the OS and uh, change the behavior of the application or the OS um, or how the application perceives the OS. So, uh, so you can basically do reverse engineering, like spying on things, spying on APIs getting called, crypto APIs, for example. Or you could use it for uh, quality assurance kind of use cases where you would uh, make certain API calls fail. Uh, for example, if it tries to connect on TCP on a certain port or with a certain host, for example, or from a certain location in the program, uh, you can make it fail with arbitrary reason, and then you could look at how the application handles that, which you could use for simulating uh, firewall conditions and things that you would normally have to set up a full environment to test basically cool could you also use that to to test a like a shaky wi-fi connection you could do that too yeah uh and there's people using it for game tweaks uh like oh. changing the behavior of games adding overlays uh yeah, yeah could, you, could you could you use it to um win at flappy bird <laughs> yeah you could you could slow down town so yeah, you could you could basically do a lot of things, uh, slow down time, speed it up, or uh, because as because you are able to change the behavior of existing APIs. Uh, but of course, it's tricky to do this. Uh, but still, it's easier than uh, what people have been doing for years with web. Because what what typically happened in the past was that people would write um, a payload uh, with in C, C plus plus, or some native code. Um, that they were typically packaged in the DLL or SO or Dialib, whatever OS it was, and get that into the application and then start using some kind of hooking library to um, to, to replace functions or uh, get a call back when certain functions are called. 
but you have to write all this code by hand uh, in C uh, or some language like that. So, as far as language languages you work in, um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you didn't start off in JavaScript. Uh, you no. you had a lot more extensive time in uh, other languages, and then decided to get into JavaScript mm. later. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had. I also had some. I did some sing, um, single page app development uh, because after Cisco, uh, me and some friends started a music startup uh, called Sounddrop, which was an app inside of Spotify, uh, and it was a single page app, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Really? Is that oh. is that still going? No, no, it got shut down. Uh, the The app ecosystem was uh, kind of like a failed experiment, or it was uh. an experiment that. Led to a great thing, a lot of great things for Spotify. Like, I mean, the whole Spotify desktop app is built uh, as a bunch of apps now today. So it's okay. a great platform for them. Cool. So it seems it seems like the uh, the programming scene is pretty strong in Norway. Like, there's there's quite a few programmer. From what I've seen uh, on GitHub, even there's a lot ah. of uh, contributors in Norway. Is that uh, What's the scene like there? Do you feel like it's it's because it's so cold there that like a lot of people decide they want to stay in and program? Yeah. Or, like what, what is it like there as far as programming? Because you said that you you've done all these projects with your friends. Are these just friends that you've met uh, through work, or are these friends you grew up with, or these friends you met in college? What like what's the programming scene like there? So yeah, um, the the programming scene uh, in the area where I'm from is. It's kind of weak. There's not many programmers that I know uh, here, but this part of Norway, which is the west coast, has a lot of oil businesses. Uh, so where are you? You're not in Oslo, right? No, I'm in Stavanger. So okay, so a city I've never even. I only know Oslo. That's why I said it. I wanted to sound like I knew something about Norway. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it's uh, it's fairly well. Uh, fairly small, like 125,000 people or 120,000 people around there somewhere uh, in size. So do you work for uh, a company currently or do you mostly contract out or where do you work right now? So right now I work uh, for NowSecure, which is a Chicago-based security startup. Um, And uh, we're doing basically... uh, uh, mobile security, so we're helping uh, our customers uh, find security issues with their apps, their mobile apps, um, meaning that, uh, for example, if an app uh, if an app uh, gets the GPS location and sends it off to their server, we'll uh, spot that and tell them in the report, hey, this app is not doing behaving well, you should fix this and this and this. Uh, and how we're doing that on iOS, for example, is using Frida. Uh, oh, that's really cool. So wait, you're using Frida in your work? Yeah, yeah, I am actually. So oh, <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, that that means basically at work sometimes you're working on Frida itself, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of awesome. Them. So so yeah, if we have miss, if there's missing features or bugs in Frida, then I dive down and add them, fix the bugs, and uh, so I got go a lot a lot down up and down the stack basically. So I go up and. And the app that we're writing is written in Node.js, and it's like using the Frida's uh, Node.js bindings. And sometimes there's a bug or a missing feature, and I'll just dive down in Frida and add it, basically. 
So you said that you moved back to the city that you're in currently. Uh, is that where you grew up? Uh, close to it. So I'm I'm from uh, an even smaller place. Uh, like uh, I'm from a farm. I grew up on a farm uh, on the country. Oh, really? <laughs> but uh, so so how did you get into programming then? Like, what made you? Was it so? Tell us. Start from the beginning. Let where did you say to yourself, "Hey, I kind of like this whole computer business." Hmm. Uh, so uh, I think start. I mean, how I got into it uh, is everything started with games, gaming. Uh, so uh, the first computer. Well, what we got games a, did you play first? So we had a we got a three eighty six SX uh, something like that, uh, and it was command uh, co- command command and conquer. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that was much later. Um, Captain Comic, that's the one. Like a platformer for DOS. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Um, and then uh, later was Doom. Uh, oh, Commander Keen as well. Uh, King's Quest, Monkey Island. Yeah, I love the Monkey Island games. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Doom 4 uh, just came out. Yeah, so, uh, I, I play way too little games these days, so <laughs> I guess I should try it out. You're too busy. Okay, so sorry, I interrupted. I was just, I'm oh. a... I'm a gamer nerd too so i i kind of i just wanted to know what what games you play so so you were into games and that's kind of where it started yeah uh, but um i had uh there was uh, there were a few acquaintances like friends of friends uh who were doing demo scene stuff uh if you're familiar with it like uh uh building uh it's basically you build a program uh where you're you need you're going to do something it's not a video recording. You're using graphics and audio that you have to generate. Uh, well, you might have pre-recorded music, but the, the graphics are uh, uh, are rendered basically. Uh, so you'd uh, so it's all about impressing people, like showing what you can do with the current hardware. So back in the day, that was even harder than it is today because today you have like massive GPUs, and back then you didn't have any GPUs. So if you could do something in 3D, it was really impressive. If you could do mm-hmm. physics, like showing that something would fall down and break into pieces uh, without any... Uh, I mean, it, it would just blow people's minds. Uh, so it was all <laughs> about blowing minds. Uh, and they were doing like really... So it's like an artsy kind of thing uh, because you're kind of watching... It, it's kind of like a game playing itself, uh, if you look at it that way. Um, like some kind of... Uh, uh, it's like a piece of art where... You, uh, you might tell a story, or, or uh, and things are usually really synchronized with the music, uh, and often drum and bass is used in the kind of stuff. So there's like a I discovered there's a huge scene, uh, or there was it was bigger back then I think than it is today, and, uh, of people doing this, and and they were really good with codes. I mean, you'd have to be really good to build this kind of stuff and make it go fast. And but yeah, uh, I got I got to know a guy who was really into coding and. Uh, but yeah, I was I was trying to write code in like looking at other people's code, other people's codes in like QBasic at the time, uh, and Turbo Pascal or Object Pascal uh, for DOS. Uh, but I, I I was pretty convinced that uh, I didn't have the talent required to do coding. I wasn't it wasn't for me. Uh, I wasn't smart enough for it. Wasn't I had that idea anyway that uh, I would never get into coding. Uh, so it was kind of, but I w- it was kind of a dream to be able to build something like that because I would look at it and the things that we, like demos that these guys were making and like, wow, I wish I could, 
could do build something like that. Um, and then uh, I got to know one of them, and uh, we actually shared a flat together for a while. And uh, and he really explain he really helped me understand and get over the first uh, stumbling blocks, which. Uh, at the time, uh, one of the early stumbling blocks was understanding pointers and C. It was like uh, a wall. Uh, one of the, but it was before that. It was even more basic stuff, like just uh, being able to, uh, yeah, I could maybe read some code and have a vague idea what it was doing, but I, I wouldn't be able to write it myself. It was that feeling of uh, this is un unattainable or <laughs> never get there. Um, yeah, thanks to this uh, guy and my friend, and uh, and uh, uh, years later, I finally like, really <laughs> got the hang of it uh, slowly. Uh, but it's it was so how old were you? Uh, I guess I was um, so it was around two thousand. Uh, I was I was probably around nineteen, eighteen, nineteen when I uh, when I got serious about uh, oh, learning C plus plus. I think I decided to learn C plus plus. Bought a book, uh, and and at that time, uh, because of uh, the help I got, uh, like basically, I would tell him like I want to build an app that does something like this, and we would sit down. We would use Borland C plus plus builder, uh, like Windows program to just design the GUI, that was easy enough, but then the, the code was the hard part. So he would sit next to me and tell me what to write, more or less, and, uh, and I would ask him questions, and over time, it, and it a, little, little, a little bit more, uh, it became less magic, uh, but it was still not, I, I felt like I couldn't write something on my own. Uh, and then uh, after this Linux distro thing, um, then I got the C++ book and I started uh, uh, reading through that, uh, and then uh, yeah, that made, that helped a lot. But um, yeah, I, and I've been through a bunch of languages through this the early part of the journey, and and that also has helped a bit. Uh, and today, and it's also why in Frida I'm using different languages for different parts of the job because I think. I believe in uh, using different languages based on what you're doing, basically. So, uh, so in in uh, in Frida, you have like the instrumentation core that's C, but you have like a the higher level stuff where you communicate between processes that's written in Vala, another programming language that compiles to C, and uh, uh, and then uh, you have the language bindings, and that's where where I usually so I would write an app typically in Node.js, and I also added Swift bindings recently, so I built a Mac app. Uh, as a proof cool. concept for that. Oh, cool. So, what you're telling me is that you didn't know how to talk like you did at the beginning of this podcast when you were 19. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't have talked like that. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was late, and uh, I was reading. Uh, I was trying to get into programming, like reading, looking at a book, and. Uh, trying to read and understand, but uh, it was, I don't think it was, uh, my brain just wasn't wired the same way that maybe most, uh, like, I felt like this, I'm not smart enough to learn this because I don't understand this. Uh, and I, it was just, uh, the, um, I think people learn differently. They have it's a different style that works for different people. Um, 
and that was my problem basically that of course it takes time as well but yeah uh, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's just about uh being smart either right you look at someone else and just think they're really smart but maybe they've just worked really hard and it sounds mm. like that's true with you you weren't really smart you just worked really hard and you had something cool you wanted to do and so you had to work really hard Adam, so, you can't tell our guests that they weren't really smart, dude. They, he's really smart. Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you look very smart. Did you have Did you have any formal education, or were you just self taught? I'm self taught, but I was trying to get a formal education. But this video code, I, yeah, I, I got. I just <laughs> I ended up spending all my time on that, uh, showing up for the programming exams, uh, but failing everything else basically. So. It was. I was a terrible student. So did you do you do you fail out of college? Were you going for a, a computer science degree or something? Yeah, I started. I w- I came to this second year having failed pretty much everything because I wasn't uh, spending time on studies. I was just spending time programming and. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put a little uh, disclaimer on here. Pass your classes, kids. We're not saying that you shouldn't pass your classes, but. Yeah, you should, you should. Don't but this is it. awesome, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a dream. One day I want to go back there and finish what I started. Man, it sounds like things were really, really hard whenever you're trying to program. Like, it sounds like it was really low level, you know? Like, uh, today you can just jump in and start programming JavaScript. And, you know, JavaScript was kind of initially made for beginners. I feel like you kind of have an advantage that you, like... Uh, you know all this low-level stuff, and you, it sounds like you really know how the computer works. Like, do you think that helps? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it avoids a lot of... Um, uh, it helps to uh, with architecture, software architecture, because it's really hard. I mean, you might... Uh, but part of the game is also making mistakes. So, uh, But once you've made uh, some of them, you will you will recognize them early and avoid making them again. And, and yeah, if you know how the low-level stuff works, um, it can also be, uh, it can help you, but it can also be, um, maybe you're too set on perfection and you get less done in some cases because you're, oh, this is this sucks because, uh, and it's maybe it's good enough. So it's like finding that balance between uh, pra- being pragmatic and being, um, uh, academic uh, is you know, a, a tricky one. So uh, you, if uh, you you want to write beautiful code, but you also want to ship code that works. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So, what advice would you give to to someone just even thinking about uh, doing programming? They say, like, especially people. Let's say, for example, people that are discouraged with their lot in life or their current job. And they're like, well, programming's lucrative. I'll try and pursue that. What would be your, what would you say to them? Um, If you have a, I think at least, if you have something you want to build, something that you need yourself, uh, and maybe you have a friend who knows programming and you can get them to, to do it, uh, you can do it together. Basically, uh, that could be a great way to get into it. Uh, if you don't have a lot of time, if you have more time, maybe you can. Uh, well, and that's where a point where I'm kind of outdated. I don't know. There's probably a lot of resources today that weren't available back then. And, um, 
but that's also part of the problem. It's like overwhelming. Like, where do you start? Because now you have so many languages, so many. You have several o mainstream OSs that people are using, and uh, are you going to build for the web, or are you build for the desktop, or build for the mobile, or uh, is it backend stuff? I mean, it's <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's overwhelming. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to find. You have to have a problem that you want to solve, um, and it doesn't. Have, it shouldn't be too complicated, obviously. Um, so. Um, so for me, I think the early apps I built were like a desktop app to send SMSs because it was really uh, painful to write them on the phone. Oh, cool. Uh, and that was about just figuring out the, um, the API, uh, web scraping basically and then uh, replicating that. Uh, so it's not super complicated. Uh, you're not building it. You don't need to build a backend basically. But if you need to, yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't start with something that required a lot of moving parts basically but start with something simple and, and get the hang of it yeah i think that's good advice a lot of my early stuff was just solving a problem that i i had ah cool yeah yeah when people ask me about uh dev mountain which is the boot camp that i went to they say so was it good and i was like you know it was good but you should go in already having a project you want to do hmm. because that's where you'll benefit because where the sometimes the the it's hard is when you don't have a mentor or someone to kind of help you talk through things and, and teach you about the like good pr processes and procedures uh, oh, that you can oh. follow and like ways of thinking about your project um, that cause there is, like you said, there actually is a ton of resources for some of the more straightforward things, especially voc vocabulary, especially, tools and things like that but mm. i especially needed help understanding how to think think through a problem um and so that's what I, that was the advice i would always give people is you know have have a project don't go in thinking that uh it's just going to be inspiration or that mm. someone's going to give it to you no one's going to give you the recipe for success no. because there isn't one <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah uh I think that's the best approach. Uh, yeah, having like finding things you you need yourself and building them. Uh, personally, I I've been I, I built something for my car. I would have like a touch screen in my car. This was in the old days when there were no, uh, there weren't people weren't using smartphones. So uh, today you would probably just dock your phone in the car. But back then there was not something like that. So you you built that? Yeah, I built I set up a system with a, a touch screen and. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I started building my own GUI toolkit to display the buttons on the screen. I mean, that was just for That's learning. Awesome. Uh, oh, that is so cool. But, uh, that is really cool. <laughs> but the idea was that it would be like peer-to-peer -peer, uh, music sharing in the car. So if other people wow. had the same system, you can share music when you're uh, next to each other. <laughs> it's really <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> no, that is awesome. That is is there any, cool. any other cool things you made you want to talk about? Uh, I built like an iOS and Android app not that long ago because um, where I live now there's a ferry uh, and it's only like uh, the departures are really not consistent so you can't just remember that it's quarter past or in a quarter to the hour or something like that it's really arbitrary times so uh, people end up looking at the schedule all the time so I built just an app that uh, was super simple it would just count down to the next uh, departure uh, and oh. it's usually what you want to know is how, how many minutes do I have to get there uh, yeah. and not miss it? 
Uh, and it would do this based on your GPS location, so it would know which side of the ocean you're on. And, uh, oh, that's pick. super cool. So, but it's super simple stuff. Uh, yeah, that's one that like someone could try and make. Like, that's a project someone could imitate for sure. Yeah, that's learning and something ah. new. Yeah, it was super fun hearing you talk. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, but Ula, right? I said that right this time? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Ula Andre, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll probably have to have you come on again and, sure. and deep dive once more. We really appreciated it and really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Great chatting with you guys. So I hope you guys thought that was really interesting, as interesting as I thought it was. And if you liked it, please subscribe in whatever place that you listen to podcasts and give us a rating that'll help us show up for more people to find us and you can comment on the web of tomorrow podcast.com and we're on twitter at web of tomorrow fm so follow us on there and thank you for joining us for the hero's journey we'll see you next time <laughs>